God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity, you need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes, I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. Ciao. It is that time of the week. I'm not always there when you call, but I'm always on time. You get, and I gave you my all. First of all, throw back a Shanti and Jaw roll because it is time for a Woman Evolved delegation celebration. First of all, I'm gonna hit you with that. Secondly, I'm gonna hit you with the official turn up song of Christians Everywhere. Are you ready? Oh, 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 oh. Do you want a revolution? Do you want a revolution? Listen, do you hear what I'm saying? It's revolution time for the Woman Evolved delegation. I am being joined with my co-host from literally all over the world. We have been waiting too long to be connected. And let me tell you, 10 weeks is 10 weeks too long. I see Ebony Chanel is in the building. Ava is in the building. Nia, what's up? Okay. She said, I'm really out here singing my heart out. You show right. Because when we get back together, it is time for us to celebrate. Okay. Ariel says, hey, sis. Hey, child. How are you? Got my Woman Evolves tickets, room, and plane book. Nicole knows what it is. The Woman Evolved delegation will be having a reunion soon and very soon in Denver, Colorado. If you don't have your tickets, you need to get yourself into the place because it is going downtown, okay? Every time it is the same thing with this raggedy old devil. He tries to keep us apart. Little does he know I got the pesos and that we will continue by hook or by crook to have this celebration because we have waited too long. It has been 10 weeks, 10 weeks since the delegation has gotten together. And I have one question and one question only. What have you been doing with your life for the last 10 weeks? What has been happening? Have you been minding your business? Have you been drinking your water? What I need to know is how you have been living your life over these last 10 weeks. As for me in my house, let me tell you what's been happening. I have been being not raggedy, but somewhere in Raggedy's neighborhood. That means I kind of work out, but then I eat everything I want or I'm on a diet and I never work out. It's just, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I don't know what's happening in my life, but I have been, let me tell you what I have been more than anything is in tune with myself. And I'm going to get into that when it's time for our snack, but I have been making sure that SJR is on her P's and Q's. What have you been doing? Jasmine says, I've been trying to drink water and eat right. Latoya says, working out and minding my business and drinking my water. Sounds like Latoya is out here being goals. Okay. Karen says, summer semester has begun another 16 credits. Beast mode. Karen, you got this. Who's gonna stand in your way nobody boo do you okay kelly says i've been drinking water and minding my business i even started going to the gym every day yes kelly that's what i'm talking about listen i have been minding all of my business do you know and i'm going to talk about it in my snack but did, did you know that you can mind business from years when you didn't mind your business mm, let that sink into your spirit You can mind your business 
for the times when you didn't mind your business. It doesn't make sense now, but I promise you when we get to this snack, it's going to make a beautiful, beautiful meal for you. Fatisha says, grow your skin though. <laughs> Let me tell you about the skin. Do you know? Okay, so let's talk about it. So things that I've been doing over the last 10 weeks have been trying to take care of myself, soul care, self-care, things of that nature. So I went and saw someone who is like an esthetician. And basically she told me that the reason why I still experience breakouts at this good, glorious, grown age that I am is because um, there was like a, a barrier, a skin barrier that was broken. And so whenever I would like go and work out and sweat, like the sweat and the dirts and the oils would be trapped in my skin. But also there was something that was happening from dairy. Here's the part where things get cloudy for me. I don't mind wearing a sweatband, but now they're basically telling me that I need to be dairy-free. I don't drink milk. I do eat ice cream and I do eat macaroni and cheese. And what I need to understand is why the things that taste good in life cause so much damage. Can someone help me? Can someone help me figure this out? Sarah says, I've not been drinking water. It's hard to drink it, but I need to badly. I got a big old jug of water right here, but I stopped drinking it in time for the podcast because you remember that one podcast where I had to go and um, use the restroom? Wasn't It wasn't a great moment. It was very unprofessional. So anywho, back to this dairy. So she told me in order for my skin to stop breaking out, like you're going to have to wear a sweat towel. I'm like, cool, no problem. She's like, I'm going to repair the skin layer. I'm like, cool, no problem. She said, you need to cut out dairy. So... I'm going to try though. So far today, I'm dairy free and I'm just going to continue to do the Lord's work and see what happens. Kamora says, child, if it ain't about money or ministry, I don't have no kind of time in 2019. Kamora is goals. Okay. Be about the business. Margo says, this is her first time on live. Love you, auntie. Excited for this season and to grow. What up, Margo? First of all, we welcome you. We welcome all of you new delegation members because we recognize that when we're on sabbatical, that the doors of the delegation are still open. And I see your DMs. I see your comments. I recognize that you guys are still a part of the delegation. And so we want to officially welcome all of our new delegates into this season of just growth and business mind and water drinking, and evidently no dairy, I guess. Letitia says, the dairy struggle is real. I can't give up ice cream. I, you know, and it's not, I think like, I don't even eat ice cream all of the time, but the notion of you cannot have it anymore. I don't know if I'm rebellious. I don't know if God needs to break a stronghold off of my life. But when you tell me, no, I can't do something, that's when I want it even more. Preach, Lord, your servant is listening. What can I do about this spirit? I'm, I'm going to try, okay? Okay, let's see. What's happening with my delegation on Facebook Live? What are you up to? Chantel says, can't believe I caught the delegation live and we welcome you. Brianna says, I'm sorry, I'm not giving up macaroni and cheese. I'm sorry. I'm going to try, I guess, for like 30 days to give it up. I like cheese on my cheeseburgers. I like macaroni and cheese. It's not even like drinking milk. I'm talking about the things that have dairy in the essence of their nature. What is macaroni without cheese? Who is just out here eating macaroni with butter, salt, and pepper? Not me. No one in my house. No one in my house is allowed to eat macaroni without cheese. And these, this notion of eating burgers without cheese is just, is just not the will of the Lord. But I do want my skin to be right 
all of the time. So who knows? I'm going to try. So I'm trying keto and I'm trying dairy free keto. So just pray for me. Um, I started last week and then I went to Cancun and God said, you know what? You can't be keto in Cancun. And so now I'm back and I have no excuses. Let's talk about Cancun. I went to Cancun for my leak teal. My leak teal is actually going to be at the Woman Evolve Conference. I don't know if you guys have heard of her. I listen to her podcast all of the time. My leak threw on just the most excellent retreat for women and it was beautiful. It was in Mexico. Everything was well thought out and intentional. I could not stay the whole time, but the time I was there just reminded me that you need to get your life together and do everything with excellence. And so I am just scribbling notes down and just living my last best life. Jamie says a burger without cheese is childish. First of all, it is so childish. What are you going to do with this hamburger with no cheese on it? Um, Aaliyah says it's so hard. I'm doing keto too. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I'm just going to try. Desi says she's praying for those on keto and we appreciate those prayers. And I just, I don't know. Kayla says, I just got my braces off and my teeth look like a 100 year old woman's brand new set of dentures. You better, you better have your teeth out here shining for the Lord. Let me tell you something. You better smile, a Crest Colgate smile. Okay. Okay. So listen, um, Patricia says, keto is certainly not the will of my life. I like sugar in a nice red way too much. I understand. I do understand. Okay, so it's Rescue Eve time in the sanctuary. Okay, so for those of you who are just joining the delegation, you ought to know what this is, but I'm going to break it down for you anyway. We like to rescue the saints who have just been in the highways and the byways, not doing the Lord's work, but we rescue them because we are on the highways and byways doing the Lord's work. We mind our business 24-7 like it's a full-time job, but every now and then someone else's business invades our business. That's a word. Let that get down in your spirit. Sometimes on the road, of minding your business. Someone else's business invades your business. And now you got to look at someone else's business that you didn't mean to look at. And so um, the delegation likes to just take care of those who have found their way into our business. And over the last 10 weeks, there have been many invasions of business. Okay. So... Let's try and see what we can do to help the saints. I just want y'all to know that Alice says that we are the only animals that drink another animal's milk. And I read that as well. And yet ice cream is still a part of my life. So I, I just want everyone who has all of those facts to know I looked up all of those facts as well. And I just need deliverance. Okay. So let's let's go into rescue Eve. Okay. Um, I was looking at a story from Michigan and this is, I don't, somebody, okay, here, let me read you the story and then we can decide if we're going to be able to rescue or not. Okay. Money is slowly trickling into a Michigan police station after a man accidentally spilled $30,000 onto a highway. A cardboard box full of cash fell from the back of the man's truck onto US-31 in Grand Haven on Thursday. Police responded after reports that traffic was backing up as motorists stopped to pick up what looked like a blessing. 
but was not a blessing. Officers temporarily closed traffic lanes and were assisted by witnesses with picking up the money. The owner of the money eventually arrived telling officers he had been carrying approximately $30,000. So, so far, um, one woman turned in $38,000 and two 17-year-olds landed $630, but that leaves $23,000 blowing in the wind. If you are in Michigan and you were on the highway and you saw this man's $23,000 blowing in the wind, he is asking that we would turn these funds in. Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you why it's confusing because sometimes you think things are a blessing. And then you don't find out until later that it's not a blessing. But but what are you, can who, can we rescue the people who took the $23,000? Because here's, here's my thoughts, okay? Maybe, maybe they thought it was a blessing and maybe they thought that when the enemy tries to come and strip your blessing away, that you have to hold on to that blessing in spite of what happened. No, no. I don't know. Okay, so do you all think, Jasmine says it is a blessing, sis. Takari says, call me whoever you are. Call me if you have, Takari wants to talk to whoever has the $23,000. She's trying to see something. Ch- Natalie says, child, if I find a 20 on the highway and it hit my windshield, it's a blessing. It's confusing. I'm not saying that they shouldn't turn the money in. They should. But I'm saying it's confusing to have money blowing in your direction and then for you to tell me that it is not a blessing. I don't know if y'all know how my Lord works, but he does things in mysterious ways. Kiki says they may have spent it before they knew it. Some. Let me tell you what I know factually. Some of that money is gone. Um, Natalie says, um, if he didn't tie it down, I am sorry. Maybe this is a lesson for those of us who just need to tie. Oh, I feel a word coming. I hear God saying you need to tie your blessing down. So if you don't tie, mm, it's come. The word is coming. It took, it needed some watering. It needed some marination. If you don't tie your blessing down, your blessing will become someone else's blessing. That just saved somebody's marriage right now. I need someone to listen. Listen. If you don't tie your blessing down, somebody else is going to think it's their blessing. Brandy says they can be rescued for a small fee. Can we rescue the people who took the 23000 It's took it. But they didn't know they was taking it. They thought it was a blessing. And can they be rescued? Okay. Jamila says, child, that was a blessing. Not on, That was a blessing, blessing. Um, Tini says, it's a blessing. Melodies from heaven rain down on me. She, First of all, can we have a throwback Kirk Franklin episode where we just allow the music to come from us, come to us? Melodies from heaven rain down on me. First of all, song used to get me lit. Zakia says, we can rescue, but tie your blessing down. It pours out to others. Now, if y'all don't get nothing else from this episode and y'all turn it off right now because you're tired of hearing me singing, what I want you to do is when you turn it off, at least tie your blessing down, okay? Shalia says, it's a blessing and a lesson for everybody involved. Go ahead, sis, and preach. Tierra says, where was he transporting that money? First of all, where was he transporting that money? Does it say? I don't know if I would believe. Look, can we talk about the faith of this man? This man let some kind of way $30,000 fell out of a cardboard box. 
And then after that, he went to the police station believing that somebody would have turned it in. And I want to I want to say I would have turned it in. It really honestly just depends on how much I had going on throughout my day. I don't know. I don't know. I want to know, but I don't know. I can't know what I don't know. Michelle says a word because I would have thought it was a blessing. The Lord knows. Okay. So it sounds like we're going to rescue them. Are we sending the helicopter? Are we sending a life raft? Are we sending a life jacket? What what say ye, delegation? All in favor of the helicopter say, I, I let me tell you what I think. I think we ought to send a life jacket. Let me tell you why I think we ought to send a life jacket. Oh, Lisa says she found $615 on her birthday, but I searched for the owner for two weeks, wasn't able to find anyone. I thank God for it. It wasn't the Michigan man. I'm in Ohio. What if the money, now you know Ohio and Michigan is close. What if this man's money done flown and it was on your birthday? Lisa, that sounds like a blessing to me. I found $615 on my birthday. Blessing. I searched for the owner for two weeks. The righteousness, integrity, wasn't able to find anyone. Blessing. Sometimes you got to go back and forth. Okay. I think it was a blessing. Um, so Charmaine says, nope, no, nah, mine are a business on that poor man's money. <laughs> Manny. She said, she said it like sister core, big sister core says Manny that, um, she saved the money. Monica says, LOL, that man needs prayer because if I lost $30,000, I would have been sick. I would still be hospitalized. I have never lost $30,000. Lost? Lost $30,000? First of all, if I'm walking around with $30,000, that thing going to be in the car with me. Is he driving a pickup truck? What kind of, what kind of, what, what is happening? A cardboard box full of cash fell from the back of the man's truck. Who in tarnation? can just put in a cardboard box and put it on the back of the truck. First of all, $30,000, let's be clear, is a lot of drug. Well, it's not necessarily drug money, but it's a lot of cash to just have sitting beside you. And if I ever, for any reason, have to pull $30,000 out of the bank, first of all, I'm going to need the bank to give me that money to pull out of the bank. And then once I pull it out, I'm going to keep it close to me. I'm going to keep it close like a newborn baby. I may even wrap it up in a receiving blanket. And it's going to be wherever I am in the name of Jesus. I I just, I just don't know. I just, Kitty says, why was $30,000 in a cardboard box? That's the question. It, You know, Kitty, I was just trying to rescue the people who took the money. But now that we're really digging into this a little bit more as a delegation, I am a bit confused. I am confused. I am confused about the money being in a cardboard box on the back of the truck. Why you have the cash? Your business. You decide to put it in a cardboard box? Also your business. The back of the truck is when it becomes our business because that's when it began spilling onto the streets. I think the police needed to ask why we had it anyway. Okay. Leslie says, how does one have $30,000 in the back of a truck? Alicia says, in my bra, somehow. Somehow. <laughs> I love the delegation because of the things that comes out of the delegation's mouth. Alicia says, I'm going to take that $30,000 and I don't care what size bra I have to get. It's going down in the girls. The girls are the only place where I can keep this level of money. Okay. Kara says, my friend is 
in legal sales and doesn't walk around with $30,000. $30,000. Okay. So listen, what we decide is we, is we, or is we not? Is you is, or is you ain't finna rescue these people? I'm going to break it down for you in some Ebonics. Okay. Is you is or is you ain't fitting to rescue this man with $30,000 on the back of, cool, Kamora brought the word, the wealth of the sinner is stored for the righteous. Um, So it sounds like it's a no. Shamitra says right now something is fishy about that and who would put it on the back of a truck? Okay. So it sounds like, it sounds like the people who made off with that $23,000, we're going to leave them alone. Sounds like the... <laughs> Tamia says that she's going to store that $30,000 under her wig. And Tamia has just become my best friend because is there a better place to put it? I don't think that Wells Fargo can offer the level of security that under my wig can. Because let me tell you, it's not going, I'm not taking my wig off is what I'm not going to do. Um, so Monique says we not finna rescue them. They got the money. So there it is. There it is. No rescues. No, no rescue. Victoria says, if you pay the tithes on the falling money, are you rescued? Probably. That's probably how that works. So sounds like a no. Sounds like we are unable to can, but that we did try. And I think our effort is what really matters. Okay. Brenda says, it looks like he was trying to bless someone. He put it in a box. Gifts come in. Gifts comes in a box. They do. I know all about the gifts. Okay, so how about this? We are going to rescue the people who have the $23,000 and we are going to just mind our business on the rest of it. I have another story for you. I have another rescue. Are you guys interested in rescuing someone else? Let me tell you, our next rescue is Aisha Curry. First of all, I like Aisha and Stephen Curry. I think that they represent just a dynamic of relationships that we don't see very often. And I'm here for it. Okay. Um, she's on Red Table Talk, which you know is a delegation favorite. And when speaking on Red Table Talk, she talked about how he has groupies. Um, this article I'm reading is, is calling him Stephen, but I bind the devil of me calling him Stephen when I know factually that his name is not Stephen, Stephen. Stephen Curry is one of the biggest and most popular athletes in the entire NBA, as well as the country. So naturally, he's going to get a lot of attention. And his wife, Aisha Curry, talks about that on the Red Table Talk. And she goes on to say that she had an encounter that really stuck with her for a long time. Someone literally stuck her body inside of their car when she was breastfeeding the baby and was like, let me see the baby. And she was like, girl, mind your business. Go see your baby. Um, those are my words, not her. And the girl says, oh, honey, this is what you signed up for. Okay. First of all, before I continue with this story, you cannot invade people's personal space and just be like, this is what you signed up for. I did not sign up for my personal space to be invaded. Now, listen, I know a lot of my life is open to the public and that's fine. And I, you know what? You can try to invade it if you want to. But at the point that you are rebuked and sent back to where you came from, you just got to take that L. You can't tell me I signed up for that. You're wrong. I took my name off the list. Somebody else may have signed up for that, but not me. But anywho, that's not what I'm talking about. Um, so this is what she says, which I think was really transparent. Okay. 
It says something that really bothers me and has given me a sense of an insecurity. Yeah, there are all these women throwing themselves at Stefan, but me, I don't have any of that. I have zero male attention. And I begin to internalize that, like, is something wrong with me? I'm like, that's not fair. I don't want it, but it would be nice to know that someone is looking. Now, let me tell you, first of all, to even say that publicly for everyone to hear, I thought was very brave and courageous. But a lot of people are dragging her because they're like, you know, why do you want male attention? You're upset for people, upset with people who are actually respecting your relationship and not crossing those lines. And so she was like being dragged on Twitter. Um, I think that what this revealed to me more than anything is that as women, so much of our confidence and self-esteem is based off of whether or not we are receiving male attention. And if we are not receiving male attention, even if we are married and in relationships, we end up internalizing that and thinking that something is wrong with us. Um, What do you guys think about this as the delegation? Let me tell you, um, I don't feel like I get male attention, but let me tell you, I want people to, I'd be minding my business. So I don't know when I was single and when I was, first of all, I don't even be in environments to get male attention with means in in order to give me some male attention, you have to go out of your way, right? So when your girl was out in the club or your girl was out at different malls where you know you could get certain male attention, like I did not always care for the attention, you know, the like, First of all, nothing like I didn't like that. And so um, I don't know. I just be over it. I don't get a lot of male attention now. And I don't know, but I feel so confident in who I am that I don't necessarily need it like the way that I needed it, I guess, before, because sometimes it can be mad irritating. But if you don't get male attention delegation, let's answer this question, honestly. If you don't get male attention, do you start to feel like something's wrong with you? Davey says she's seeking validation from the wrong people. You're a whole married woman. Sit down. Um, Chantel says she's being dragged for being honest. How many others would actually admit those feelings? I like, no, that's, I do think that what she said was like mad honest. But to be fair, like I'm not always pulling groupies off of my husband either. So maybe if I was always pulling groupies off of my husband consistently, I would feel some kind of way about it as well. Um, I'd be keeping my eyes on the same two you know, be spiritual daughters because I got to make sure that my eyesight is twenty twenty. And um, but I don't be like where people are intentionally disrespecting me and coming after my husband. I don't know that that would make me want male attention in return as much as it would make me want to break somebody off with this Holy Ghost that would not be holy. Charmaine says, I hate that nonsense. Yes, that, that, see that kind of, I don't know. Sarah says, males will come up to you, but people know that's his wife. So She's not going to get that attention. Jennifer says, I definitely feel her 100%. Not saying that male validation is required because it's not, but having those compliments from people can be reminders that you still got it. So, okay. 
Um, Danielle, that's Danielle says, I just think something's wrong with them, not me. And that is the type of confidence that one must aspire to have. Because like, if you don't see this, then there is something wrong with your eyes. You need to get them checked. But I do think that it does call for like a deeper conversation about female confidence and self-esteem being based exclusively off of whether or not a man validates us. And sometimes that can be very dangerous because it means even, you know, based off of what she said, no matter how much her husband desires her, no matter how much her husband, you know, engages with her, there's a part of her that feels like I would maybe feel better if the tables were turned. Oh, you know what? As I talk this out, I think that what she's saying, and here I am just putting words in people's mouth, but I think that what she's saying is, I really wish that he could see how it feels because maybe if he could see how it feels, maybe he would respond differently because if he understood what it was like to kind of just always be worried about somebody coming up in your wife's face, then maybe he would shut things down because she does go on in this Red Table Talk to talk about just how... um, how friendly he is. And sometimes he doesn't realize that people are coming for him and she has to come up there and bust it up. So I think what she was saying, and here I am once again, not minding my business, but out here swimming anyway, is really, I wish that he could see how it feels because maybe it would change his response. I don't think she really wants male attention because that doesn't solve the insecurity that she feels from her husband getting all of this attention, but it would at least put him in her own shoes and that would maybe change the response. And I think that as I kind of dig into this, like part of the reason why I'm not in that situation with my husband and how my husband's not in that situation with me is because like, if I tell my husband that somebody is out here checking for him, he shuts it down immediately and vice versa. And it took us like really having to trust one another's perspective because sometimes in relationships, like somebody's like, oh, you just are being insecure or, oh, you're just being jealous. Like for us, it doesn't matter whether it's coming from a place of insecurity or whether it's coming from a place of jealousy. If this person makes you feel a certain kind of way, or if my interaction with someone makes you feel a certain kind of way, then I have an obligation because you have given me your heart to make sure that I create a boundary. Because at the end of the day, like this friendship, this interaction is not worth the life that we're building together or the marriage that we have with one another. I don't know. To me, it says, I think you got it on the head. It says, I think that's what it is. Like, she don't really want no male attention. She just wants him to see what it feels like to be her. Um, Alexis says, I think it would be different if the tables was turned, being that Stefan is always in the spotlight. It's easy for him to be blindsided by people's purpose for attention. Um, Kibra says, when the shoe was on their other foot, I think it makes them look from a different perspective and maybe empathize about the situation. Exactly. Star Max says she didn't mean as it sounds, but her self-esteem is affected. And as beautiful as she is, she doesn't feel validated. Yes, I think we didn't figure this thing on out. Sometimes we desire for things that we don't really want. We just want to show the people in our life what it feels like to be us. And I think that identification in any relationship, whether that is friendship or relationships, is just super important because it's difficult for you to make a judgment. Mm. You can't make a judgment on how someone feels until you've been in their shoes. That's kind of like what Rescue Eve is all about. Like, it would be so easy for us to be like, why she wants some male attention? That's so silly. That's so dumb. But the more that we've kind of walked this thing out and put ourselves in her shoes, it does make sense because... She really just wants him to see what it's like to be her. 
Rose says, it's her choice to express how she feels. Helicopter, I say we rescue. I'm down for the rescue. Lene says, Lene White says, she said she received zero attention. So she's saying she isn't getting it from him either. I think she's saying like she doesn't get any attention from anyone outside of him, which, you know, technically is kind of how it's supposed to be. Like we just don't, we're not supposed to need attention from other people when we are in the security of our relationship. But I do think that that is something real personal and vulnerable that she shared. And I think that we can only pray that it reveals something within their marriage that can hopefully be um, guarded against. Because that's an opening to need, you know, I wish I was getting more attention is an opening. And the devil is into the openings, okay? Beverly says, I think she is desiring some validation from other men. Maybe she's not getting it what she is, what she needs from her spouse for sure. Okay. Jamie says we can send a helicopter, but she's paying for it. And Jamie, I cannot agree more because who ain't got it is me. All right. So we're going to send the helicopter, which is like basically one step below the private jet, which is the maximum um, rescuing that we can offer, but we cannot afford to actually send the helicopter. So we're going to need a Western Union Mm-hmm. Until we can get there. Jaleesa says, let's send a helicopter with a marriage counselor waiting inside. I believe it. Um, Jamita says, we can rescue her and let her know how she can have that security within herself. Yes. Okay. So I'm glad that we were able to rescue her because as I, when I first read the story, I thought, mm, she, she, you know, she was kind of tripping with that one a little bit. But the more I kind of broke it down, I, I feel like I understand where she's coming from. Natalie says she gets a helicopter, but she got to bring her amazing cooking with her on the plane. For sure, we're going to need meals because the delegation likes to do what? Eat, okay? So I do think, though, that there's something to be said about life putting you in cultures and environments that make you question who you are and having to be so confident in who you are that you don't let the culture, because basically the culture is changing her confidence. The culture of being a pro, you know, basketball player's wife is changing how she sees herself, how she views herself and what she need, what she thinks she needs for herself. And I think that anytime you're in a culture where you begin to feel like I want to change to at least mirror what's happening in the culture, you have to ask yourself, is this change moving moving me into the best version of myself or ultimately ending up hurting me? And I don't know. I think that this is one that definitely needs to be thought through. Davey says, at first I thought she was tripping too. I did too, but listen, we didn't figure that out. Um, okay, so I have another Another rescue, and this one is going to be for those of you who are slightly ratchet, but the Lord still loves you, and so do I. Um, Remy Ma recently turned herself in to the authorities because of Brittany Taylor allegedly claiming that she 
assaulted her. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with this story or even these people, because I know that you are saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. But for the purposes of journalism, I've done a little bit of digging. And what I have learned is that Remy Ma, who has already been to prison and has been released and has really seemed to have turned her life around and is just like out here minding her business, married to her husband, having babies that they call the golden child, recently got into what Brittany Taylor is saying is a scuffle. And as a result of the scuffle, which would be a violation of Remy Ma's probation, Remy Ma had to turn herself in. The saints are saying that Brittany Taylor is lying. And Remy Ma is looking forward to her day in court where she can prove that she was nowhere in the vicinity at the time that this allegation occurred. Um... But people were upset with Brittany Taylor because they felt like even if it did happen, you know that she's turned her life around. You know that you have um, what they perceive to be like um, an aggravating personality. And so you can't start it and then end up in a situation where you up the ante by getting a girl in trouble. What do you guys think about this? Christina says, no, we have to rescue her. We can't let her go back to jail. Uh, Brandy says, rescue Remy. Robin says, rescue. She's young and just had her third baby. She will evolve. Lene says, we are definitely saving Remy. Rakita says, Remy has to understand this. You move different when you got ish to lose. Praise the Lord. Um, Rose says, I think Remy Ma needs a helicopter. Yeah, you know, I don't know whether or not she hit the, the precious lamb or not. And certainly you shouldn't do that. Is there something to be said or at least researched about when someone has conflict and puts you in a position where you respond? Hypothetically speaking, I don't know what happened. Don't nobody know what happened but them and the Lord. But if someone puts you in a situation where you respond um, at the same energy in which they engage you, but your response ups the ante because you have more to lose. Who is at fault? Is it you for your response or is it the person for antagonizing you? I think that as I pan out of the shot that what I would like to say in the highest version of myself is that no one should have the ability to change your character. And if that person has the ability to change your character, then they are ultimately in control of you. But what say ye, delegation? It just says, nope, because I am team Nikki and Nikki made a gospel record. Nikki did make a gospel record. One of them. She did make one of them. Letitia says we can rescue her and tell her to keep her hands to herself. Anjane says, can we give her a bus? We could, we've never sent a bus before. What about a bicycle? DB says, save Remy and Brittany. We need to help them learn conflict re- resolution. Now, you didn't preach the word, DB, because conflict resolution... You know what my conflict resolution practices have been? I just remove myself from the situation. You know, whether that resolves the conflict or not can be up for debate, but you won't be able to debate it with me because I am no longer able to be in conflict with. Brianna says, Remy, get the yacht. Diane says, Aisha can pick Remy on her way. And Lariah says, save them both. We promote in sisterhood all 2019. You write, Laria, all tw- let's pick them both up. First of all, they're on that show and, you know, God bless television. But the show is literally 
meant to bring out some of the worst behaviors in people. And I don't care how many times you poke a bear, at some point the bear may poke back at you. Okay, so let's let's do that. Let's save them. Charmaine says, it's you. They antagonize, they antagonize Jesus and he said nothing. Don't give your power away to Petty. Don't give your power. That's a word for somebody listening somewhere. Somebody's not just after your job. They're not just after your relationship. They're not just after your peace. They're after your power. And when you recognize that they are after your power, you have a responsibility to not give it to them. Charmaine hit us with a word. Ruthie says, I think you cannot control how people behave or treat you, but you are in complete control of how you choose to react and respond. Lanisha says, sometimes people just take you there, but we have to learn to not entertain such things. When you have revealed, where Maya Angelou, uh, Miss Dr. Angelou says, when a person shows you who they are, believe them. You know what that means? That means that if a person shows you that you're trying to bring out that side of me that Jesus got on the cross for, then I have to remove myself from your presence. And having control of your environment is the best way to maintain control of your peace, your power, and your presence. Because once you identify that you cannot handle certain environments, you just can't go back to them. You just can't, okay? You just can't. Jaleesa says, oh, that's the title of this podcast. Don't give your power away to Petty. It's a whole word. Okay, so those are my rescues. We're going to rescue both of them, though, because I liked what Laria said about us promoting sisterhood all 2019. So, boom, shakalaka, God is good. All right, child, so moving on. It is time for us to do Hail Mary. Hail Mary is a part of the podcast where we just take a moment and celebrate and acknowledge women or men who are out here doing incredible things. And it would be remiss of me if I started this segment without taking a moment to celebrate Kaylee Garris. Kaylee Garris is Miss Teen USA, and it is a win for Black women everywhere. Now, I recognize that the delegation has listeners that are not just Black. And so let me break this down for y'all for a moment, because I know every time somebody Black and new does something, we always throw in parties. And sometimes that can be confusing because we always celebrating that somebody is the first Black somebody to do something. And the reason why we celebrate it is because whenever someone does something for the first time and they look like you, it then makes it possible for someone coming up to lay hold of that same victory. You know, we working from a little bit of a deficit here, about a 400-year deficit. And so it's taken us 400 years to accomplish some of the things that other cultures were able to experience much sooner. And so, yes, we do celebrate when we have things happen for girls who look like us. What I love about Kaylee Garris is not only did she win, but she says, I will always complete with my natural hair. Once again, for those of you who don't always understand why we celebrate in the natural hair and why we celebrate in the blackness, let me break it down for you. Because Within the last, I will say, five years, I think there's been more intentionality about showing different standards of beauty. But before then, you know, straight hair, blonde hair, blue eyes. I think it's some redheads who can testify. Maybe it's some um, brunettes who can testify. There was some standard of beauty that generally excluded you. Maybe it was just hair color for you. Honey, for us, it was hair color, hair type. 
um, skin color, all of these different things working against our favor. And so to embrace your natural hair as a Black woman in a culture and society that generally says long, straight, wavy, tousled hair is most beautiful it can be challenging. My daughters, I'm going through it even with Frozen and Elsa and everybody else. Now, let me tell you, I got me on an 18-inch wavy wig right now. And it is not because I don't love my natural hair. It is because the way my schedule is set up, I just don't have time for it. But I was giving y'all natural hair ponytail just over the weekend. That's neither here nor there. What I loved about what Kaylee said is that Kaylee says, I will always compete with my natural hair. Okay, so... First of all, I got to make sure I show this to Kenzie. But it says, for the first time in a long time, the crown has been placed in natural hair. It's something that people don't usually see on a regular basis or in these major pageant competitions. So having that representation within the African-American community has really opened up a lot of people's eyes and has allowed people to see that people of color can accomplish really amazing things. Kiara says, girl, literally getting expelled for their natural hair. Yeah, that used to, I mean, if they didn't come into a certain type, they would literally get expelled. Desiree says, black queens everywhere. I absolutely love it. Slowly, we're redefining beauty. And I think that like a redefinition of beauty does not mean that like black women, natural hair has to be the only standard of beauty. But I do think that what wins like this celebrate is that the definition of beauty must expand to make sure that little black girls and brown girls and yellow girls and white girls all see themselves in some capacity. And so I love that. Uh, Kenya Moore says natural knows how to mind their business. Uh, Kenya says we too busy doing hair. (laughs) And Tamani says, I love, love, love natural hair. Leslie says, I love my natural hair. Um, Leslie says, it was an issue at one point in the, her thing cut off. So how about that? Jamie says, some women won't even go to job interviews with natural hairstyles for sure, because there's a fear that it's like too ethnic or too urban, or I'm going to be too scary or people aren't going to understand it. Another thing I want to share is that for those of us who are listening who don't always understand the black girl and natural hair thing. Another thing I want to say, like black hair can look really cool sometimes. We can braid it up. We can do it natural. We can slap wigs on. You know, just don't touch people's hair. You know, it would imagine yourself in a grocery store and someone coming up and touching your hair. Maybe, maybe it doesn't bother you, but for a lot of us, it feels a little weird to just have an invasion of the personal space happen over our hair, you know, and it's like, oh, it's so soft and oh, it's curly and oh, don't touch it, guys. I just want to help all of us come together. And I believe that I can be a a bridge because I got black friends and I got white friends and I got yellow friends and I just want everybody to keep their hands to them sales in this season. Okay. Danielle says going to an HBC got me right together, loving and embracing my natural HBC HBCUs are really having, are really having a, a season. Um, thanks to sister Beyonce. Um, Trinikia says I'm in Denver and it's not a thing to bear our natural. I'm usually the one token black girl at jobs and the hair is a thing and it's an issue. Why should I always explain my creativity? Alexis says, I wore my natural hair to my job interview and I secured the job. I do think that's another reason why representation is important because when you see a Miss Teen USA on the news with her natural hair and then you see a black girl walk into the office with their natural hair, it's not like shocking. It's like the it's not like the first time you've ever seen it. So yes, okay. Um, Ronnie says, keeping artificial hair was too expensive. I went natural. 
it was still demanding. Now I just go to the barber and cut it monthly. Best decision. Would you let, let me tell you, you ain't never lied. Now I'm about two snaps away. I don't know if I could do it. You rocking it. I see it in your profile picture. You out here rocking that bald hair. Okay. But let me tell you something. She ain't never lied. Being natural is time consuming. And I know y'all got that wet and wavy and wet and wash and go stuff. That ain't my testimony. And that's your testimony. And I'm celebrating you. But as long as I can uh, wash, condition, detangle, and plait this hair up and throw a wig on top of it, and it still be growing and flourishing, that's going to be the will of the Lord for my life. Okay. Rose says, other races have those who wear their hair natural, but no one makes a big deal about it. Kudos to the African-American naturalists. Amen. Okay, so Kaylee Garris is my first one. And then my second, Hale Joseph, is a little boy, and his name is Chance Blue. And Chance Blue was in the news after... His sister was almost kidnapped from his grandmother's car. So there's a video that shows an eight-year-old boy rescuing sister from moving car during kidnapping. Let me tell you something. A 10-year-old girl in Ohio escaped a would-be kidnapper thanks to her quick-thinking little brother. The children's great-grandmother told police she had been dropping off a relative at the emergency room on Friday when the terrifying incident occurred. Coburn parked in front of the hospital entrance so she could walk her relative inside while her great-grandchildren, Skylar and Chance, waited in the car. Seconds later, Coburn said she heard the children screaming and ran outside. That's when she saw someone driving away in her car with her great-grandchildren in the back. Can you imagine the terror? But Chance wasn't about to leave his big sister. So Chance was able to get out of the car. The driver pushed her brother out of the car, but he grabbed her hoodie to keep her inside. But Chance wasn't about to leave his big sister. He managed to free Skylar from the the thief's grip and pulled her from the moving car with him. Let me tell you, Chance is out here living his best life. Chance says, I was acting in the moment because I didn't want my sister to get hurt. Coburn, who sustained minor injury, said she had no idea her great-grandchildren escaped as she was being dragged. It's the most morbid feeling in the world. No one needs to feel that fear. Listen, Chance is out here. Chance, Chance is finna be somebody's husband, and he's finna just take care of you, okay? And he is going to just make sure that no harm comes towards you. He's going to be a protector. He's going to be a provider. How old is how, Chance is eight? Let me see if Chance want to rescue Mackenzie in about 20 years. Chance is eight. I got to get Mackenzie through debutante school so that Chance, because Kenzie been done, tried to kill the kidnapper and who knows in the process. But Chance is brave, okay? Debbie says Chance is a true hero. Deshaun Gill says yes for the hell. Joseph for Chance for pulling his sister out that car door. Tamara says, amen, Chance. Keisha says, kudos, Chance. Alexis says the parents deserve a Hail Mary too because they prepared them well. That's right. I thought that that was such a dope story. So we're definitely giving it up for Chance. And um, April says, did they catch the guy? I, I don't know. Let me see. Um, yep, they found him. Police stopped the stolen vehicle a few blocks away and arrested Dalver Singh. He was booked into Middletown County Jail on charges that include kidnapping and grand theft. He was held on $200,000 bond and was scheduled to appear in court on May 3rd. May the force be with them because he did what he tried it. All righty. So that is Rescue Eve and Hail Mary for this week's episode. And 
I think that we had some pretty good stories. I'm glad that we came to some resolution about um, my dear friend. Well, she's not really my friend. I don't know her, but if somebody want to make that happen, that's cool. Aisha. Um, somebody said Holly Woolfork. Then I meant something. The name sounds familiar. What did Holly Woolfork do? Y'all want me to go on Google before I move on to the advice section? Because let me tell you, the saints need some advice in this season. I'm Googling. Nothing came up for Hollywood Fork. I don't know. Okay. Listen. All right. Um, it's time for the advice section. Okay. So my first question, and you may be wondering to yourself, I want to be included into sending Sarah a DM. How do I become a part? Oh, Aries says I'm tagging people. Sorry, said child. You better tell me because I've been, been in Google to Holly Wolfork and gave out somebody's address trying to figure out what the story is. Anywho, listen. Okay, so you may be wondering, how do I send my DMs to Sarah? Let me tell you how. You want to go to my DMs and you want to send me a message. When you send me a message, you want to know that I get a few hundred messages, but that we go through as a team those messages to find your advice question. And so if you want to be, you shall write, hold on, pause for the cause. Ruthie says, baby Sussex is here. Let me tell you something. Um, Megan Markle is somewhere just holding her newborn baby and we send peace, love, and blessings to them. Amen. Secondly, back to my question. Okay. So slide in my DMs. I get a lot of them, but we do go through them and they make for great advice questions because a lot of times the questions you ask are questions that fellow members of the delegation have as well. Okay. So here we go. First question says, hi, Mrs. Roberts. You have helped me time and time again to overcome so many things that life has thrown at me. But this one, this I'm completely lost. I'm 25 with two children, a single mom, two different dads. I'm a college graduate working a pretty decent job. I feel as though I'm a good woman. I've experienced enough to know what I want and don't want out of relationships. I know that God has a man in store for me, but I've just been so anxious to the point where I feel like I'm going to miss out on him because of me being picky and having a type. I've been adding random guys on Facebook, hoping that they seek interest in me. I've just been putting myself out there as I shouldn't. I'm trying to stay calm and be patient. I've had men tell me that I would make a good wife. I'm just in preparation, waiting for my moment. Prayer and position has been my main focus right now. God wants me to be ready and in position when he sends him. What advice could you give me when it comes to waiting for him? The first piece of advice that I want to give you is to stop adding random people on Facebook, hoping that they see you. It's not good. It's not good for you. It's not good for them. It creates a healthy, an unhealthy mindset of just like trying to be seen and chose by any means necessary. First of all, who even knows if the people that we're adding are like the real deal, holy field. They've been messing around and been somebody serial killer. I want you to start watching some Lifetime movies. I want you to start watching things about Craigslist killers. I want you to watch Catfish, my girl. And when watching these, I just want you to be reminded that everything is not what it seems. Um, secondly, I just want to let you know that like, mind you, I know that as a married woman, it is challenging for me to sometimes speak on these subjects, but I'm going to share with you what I have learned. I identified with your story when I was 25. I had two children. I was a single mom and they had two different fathers. I know what it's like to feel like 
my rap sheet is not looking too hot right now. And I wonder if anyone is going to value me. And so to start working on yourself from a place of trying to polish your resume. And this is what I want to tell you is that in spite of what you've gone through, in spite of what your story may look like, that at the end of the day, if God has it in his will for you to be married, it will not be you being married to someone while you are still trying to fall in love with yourself. I believe that when God brings two people together, that he brings two whole individuals together and their wholeness produces more wholeness on the earth. My husband has a great message that I think that you should check out. It's called Five Keys to Identifying My Soulmate. I know right now that you may not be in a place where you have a soulmate, but I think it is, or are even questioning um, whether or not there's someone in your life who could be your soulmate. But I think that you should watch this video because it really breaks down not only what someone wants, because sometimes we are masters at having a list of what we want, but we never ask ourselves, am I the equivalent to this list? My husband wrote a list about what he wanted his future wife to be, but he did not stop at that. He also responded in who he was going to be to her. And I want to ask you, while you're in the process of waiting for this man to come into your life, have you asked yourself, who am I going to be to this person? And are you there yet? Because a lot of times we just make marriage about the picture. And I know as a single mom, child, listen. As a single mom, sometimes we just want to fill in that spot in the family where the husband is supposed to be, where the father is supposed to be, because we won't feel as badly about being a single mom. We won't feel as badly about having these children by different fathers. The man is the trophy because it says somebody still wanted me in spite of what I went through. And I'm like, girl, you need to want you in spite of what you've gone through. Read wholeness, right? Um, Read wholeness which is a book by my husband. It's going to help you to really come to a place of just loving yourself and seeing the best in yourself. And then secondly, watch Five Keys to Identifying Your Soulmate. Also, delete your Facebook. We're not ready, except for if you're logging on to watch the podcast, because then we want you to be there, okay? Chantel says, man, I'm still trying to find myself in God. Cherie says, who am I going to be to this person is next level. Tamara says, child, I'm a single mom too. Blessings to her. Yes, for sure. The single mom struggle is so challenging. I've been married for almost five years to my husband now. Um, I went through a divorce. And even in my previous marriage, I felt like a single mom just because we didn't have a real marriage, like marriage the way God intended it. It wasn't a partnership. And so I feel like I've spent so much of my life as a single mom. And that pain still is like very near to me, even though it's no longer my reality. And I just, I made a decision when I was having, after I got divorced, that like literally it would be better for me to be by myself than to be with the wrong person. And when I had that revelation and when I really meant it, I wasn't looking for just any person to see me because I recognized that in the past, when I was just looking for anyone, I ended up in a toxic poisonous relationship that was poisonous to me and poisonous for my children. And so my primary goal became how do I become healthy by myself with myself? And I think that that's something that you should consider. Um, Bella says, if he in your inbox says he will be in other inbox, so no need to add them. Okay. Christian says, I was raised by a single mom. I can't imagine. So challenging. Lanisha says, I've watched Five Keys a million times, changed my life. I don't have time for nobody and their foolishness after that. Because let me tell you, the wrong relationship is foolishness. 
foolishness. I don't even want to, that'd be a whole nother podcast. Romney says, that message by Pastor Ture made me give my life to Christ all over again. It was a word after my divorce and a single mama too. Check it out. Um, Niyoki says, they're single dads too. Sis got, go to a park. Your man is there interacting with his kids. Because first of all, okay, what you don't want is somebody who posts his kids on Facebook, but don't see him in real life. What kind of relationship is this? Um, but I don't think it's time for you to be worried about a marriage or a relationship right now. I think you would be best spent working on yourself and just discovering who you are. And it ain't nothing wrong with that. Um, okay, so my next podcast question. The mic is trying to work for the enemy today. Anyways, it says, I absolutely love your podcast. Just please don't stop them. LOL. Mentor question. I know God has called me to mentor young ladies, but I don't know exactly where to start with this ministry. He's given me a plan and a vision, but I'm allowing fear to take hold on me. How do you advise me to just leap out on faith instead of fear? So I have a perspective on this because... My perspective on taking leaps of faith really comes down to me already living a life that has been produced by grace because who I am now, what I do now should not even be possible. But because God saw something in me that I didn't see in myself, he saw fit to take what I thought was my dream, shatter it to pieces, and then show me how he had a bitter a bigger and better plan for me. So when I get ready to step out on faith, whether it is me doing this podcast or me doing the Woman Evolve Tour or me starting a clothing line or doing a conference or any of the things that require leaps of faith, I feel like I've already been blessed beyond what I can imagine, which means that I'm already further out, further ahead than I ever thought that I could be. And so when it's time for me to take a leap of faith, I feel like I literally cannot lose. It doesn't mean that what I'm going to do is going to be successful, but it means even if it's not successful, I've already experienced blessings and grace in areas that I never thought that I would experience them. So I'm not afraid to lose. I don't know if that makes sense to anyone, but like, I just feel like I can't lose because I know what it's like to lose and I know what it's like to feel like God is breathing on something that I've done. Um, so I don't know if that is helpful for you, but if God has given you a vision and God has given you a plan, there is insurance connected to that. Now, that doesn't mean that you won't have learning lessons. That doesn't mean that you won't have to adjust seasons and schedules, but you'll never know what that vision can be unless you start to make it a reality. You'll never learn the lessons connected to that vision until you make it a reality. You'll never know, is this a mentorship program? That like When I started the podcast, I just knew that I wanted to have a podcast where we could talk about pop culture culture from a Christian perspective. I didn't know that I was going to need to also balance having my six children, having two churches and doing a tour. So you know what I learned in the middle of the podcast? That I cannot do this every single week the way that I want to. That means I'm going to have to find a way to still accomplish it without stressing myself out in the process. And so I'm doing it in seasons now. What I'm saying is I would have never known that though until I started. Um, I actually preached a message on Thursday and it's called Pop Quiz. And it's about really the disciples are on the boat. They only have one loaf of bread and Jesus gets upset with them because they 
are frustrated that they did not remember to bring the rest of the bread. But Jesus was like, you got me. And if you got me, you don't need more bread because I know how to take bread, break it and sustain us for the duration of this time. And so since that vision, that plan is your one loaf of bread. And it seems like it may not be enough sometimes. And sometimes it feels like maybe I can get it started, but I won't be able to finish it. And I'm telling you, if God gave it to you, God has blessed it and he may break it to multiply it in some seasons, but you have to know that he will never put you in a situation where he gives you something that is going to fail. Reminds me of another message I preach called Fit the Mold, Isaiah 55. He said that his word will not return to him void. That's not just a vision. That's not just a plan. It's not just an idea. That is God's word. It is what he wants to accomplish in the earth. And when it says it's not going to come back void, what it means is that it's not going to come back empty. That means that God is going to make sure that it comes back fulfilled in the way that he says that it can prosper. So girl, get your life. Okay, take that leap of faith and make it happen, Captain. Okay, Tiana says, fear is no more than the enemy and the enemy comes in to only do three things and that's to steal, kill, and destroy. The only reason the enemy is coming in to steal from you is because you are carrying something valuable. A robber doesn't come to steal from an empty house. Think about it. Step out on faith. Your vision is connected to someone else's destiny. And when you step out, God will continue to sustain you and provide for you. He won't run out on his bill, okay? Lakeisha says, did you know before your husband that he was in fact your husband? Did you know before your husband that? Um, no, my husband knew first. Now, I know that was random in the context of your question, sis. But yeah, no, my husband knew first. Tamara says, I need to go watch Pop Quiz. I'm still trying to get my edges back from Foolish Glory. Chad, I don't be meaning to ask. I don't be meaning to take y'all's edges, but I have to say what the Lord says, says. okay? Um, okay. Um, those are my advice questions. And I feel like this podcast went by very quickly. And I don't know how I feel about that, but what I do know is that at least we will be back next week. Okay. So my snack. Snack time, it's snack time in the sanctuary. Snack time, you know, I am a preacher, I am a pastor. I usually take a text and I break that thing down for you and I give you a good old 45 minute message. This is not one of those moments. This is what we call a snack. And there are some things that I want you to know about what I've been experiencing over the last 10 weeks that I think can be very helpful for you. I have been reading a book by Henry Cloud called Integrity. And I had some things happen over our 10-week break that made me realize that, like, I have some unresolved pain and thought patterns that I really needed to address in order for me to fully step into my life now. Mm, Let me break it down. Because sometimes our life... Sometimes in life, we can be straddling the fence between where we are now, but who we used to be. And by who we used to mean, who we used to be, I mean, maybe still timid, maybe still insecure. Like I'm, I've got this confidence on one side, but on the other side, I'm still dealing with these pains and these struggles. And I really thought that like I was maybe like healed, but let me tell you, like the more that you grow and the more that you 
are placed in relationships and environments and opportunities that reveal who you are, it also reveals areas of you that still need growth. And so one of the areas that I've really discovered that I need growth in is just like really identifying my feelings, making a decision about my feelings and how I'm going to allow or not allow those feelings to dictate a situation. And I realized that like when I got pregnant as a teenager, that I was so disappointed in myself that I avoided that feeling of disappointment. And I avoided that feeling of feeling like I was less than. How did I avoid it? I started working. I started trying to prove myself. I started trying to rebound. And in the process of rebounding, it taught me to constantly keep keep moving, but not to be like steady and still and in tune with who I am. And over the last 10 weeks, I've tried to be more intentional about being steady and still about what I feel and then really determining the actions connected to those feelings. And I still have to ask myself like, Every now and then, like, I'll just be going throughout my day and I'm like, how do you feel? Not just what are you doing, but how do you feel? Do you feel productive? Do you feel sad? Do you feel tired? I have had to learn to give myself permission to feel again. And then I've had to make a decision about how I'm going to express those feelings. So sometimes maybe I feel insecure and I have to trace what happened that made me feel insecure. Maybe I got on the scale and I promised myself that I was not going to get on the scale anymore. And I got on the scale and now I feel insecure. And then I make a decision based off of not wanting to feel that again. And so it's like, girl, you're going to do the best that you can do. You're going to put the scale away and you're just going to focus on feeling healthy, happy and whole and not making your self-esteem based on a number. Um, Maybe I feel like I wasn't heard. Maybe I had an interaction with my husband where I didn't fully express myself or I shut down in him expressing myself. And so now I feel um, upset or angry for some reason. And so how do I correct that? Okay. I need to tell my husband how I felt. I need to take a moment and really share with him how, what he said or what he did, how I heard it, how I received it so that I can give him an opportunity to fix it or add vision and perspective to it. And so I just think that like over the last 10 weeks, I have been in my feelings And I know that we don't always like feelings because they make us feel like sensitive and vulnerable and girly and like all of those things that we ain't got time for because we're trying to be bosses out here. But every now and then we have to stop being bosses long enough to really see how we feel. Um, So sometimes that means that you may need counseling to kind of break into those feelings. Other times you may just need to ask yourself some questions. How do I feel? How am I responding to this situation? And is that response healthy? And if it's not healthy, what are some healthy thoughts that I need to replace with these feelings that I have? What do you guys think? Ashley says, but one thing about it is it keeps you humbled. So it's okay to have a lifelong key. Let me tell you about humility. Humility is not just like something that occurs organically. Life humbles you. Like now I look back on my teen pregnancy and I really feel like life humbled me. Like certainly like, you know, I dealt with a lot of shame because of it. I had to make some better um, decisions as a result of it, but it humbled me. I was a young girl 
who didn't know who she was, but thought she knew everything. You know, I had some attraction working for me, you know, like I had a little body behind me. And had I not been humbled, I don't know who I would have become. Like, we laugh about your girl wanting to be a rapper. Who's to say I wouldn't be Nicki Minaj? Who's to say that I wouldn't have been Lil' Kim? Who's to say? I know who's to say. God's to say because he made sure that he made sure that life humbled me before I was in situations and environments that probably would have killed me. And the more that I grow and evolve, I just realize the beauty in humility. I posted something on Instagram about being more aware of my flaws than ever and um, more um not and not impressed with my strengths. And someone's like, don't you mean the other one? Don't you mean like you need, you're more aware of your strengths and not impressed by your flaws? And I was like, nope, I meant what I said. I am more aware of my flaws because my flaws have humbled me. That book, Integrity by Henry Cloud, like, uh, yeah, because I realized I didn't tie that in. It has been so helpful for me because it made me realize that when I rob myself from my feelings and I rob other people from the ability to be aware of my feelings, that I am presenting a false version of myself. And in representing a false version of myself, I don't have integrity. So my yes is not my yes. And my no was not my no. My yes is what I think they want to hear. My no is what I think they want to hear. My feelings are really not my feelings because I haven't dived into them. And I just want to have more integrity. I want to be able to say, yo, this is how I feel. I want to be able to say, no, I can't do it. And I want to be able to do that from a place of I am preserving and protecting who I am on this journey. And I really think that if you haven't read it or maybe you're wondering whether or not you need an integrity check or character check, I think that you guys should read the book. It's really good. Um, It's written in the context of business, but it's like a book that really helps you personally as well. So that's my snack. What y'all think? Courtney says, "Mm, that's good. Esther said, girl... Shanika says, that's good. Sounds like this is helping a lot of people. Jeanette says, be real with you first and acknowledge how you feel instead of suppressing how you feel, right? Aware of how you feel. Yes, suppression. I definitely did a lot of suppressing after, you know, different traumatic experiences that I've had in my life. And I realized that like, if I don't, I did it consciously at first. I suppressed those feelings. No, I don't want to feel that. No, I don't have time for that. But that became my norm. And now I want to create a new norm where I'm not suppressing or denying myself the opportunity to feel, but instead standing in my feelings, not so that my feelings can dictate or control my outcome, but you cannot make a well-rounded decision about how you communicate, who you're in relationship with if you do not first address your feelings. Like had I done this when I was in college, I would have realized that in those relationships, those toxic relationships that I was in, that I felt rejected. I feel bruised. I feel unworthy. I feel devalued. And I would have had to make a make a decision, but I was so busy still trying to get that person to love me. I was so busy still trying to do that I didn't allow myself to feel. And I think that your feelings are hard to deny, which is why we don't want to feel them. We don't want to feel sad. We don't want to feel depressed. So we keep doing and keep going because if I sit in these feelings, I have to do something with them. Good girl, you got to do something with those feelings. You got to make some decisions based on those feelings. I never want to feel this again. I want to make sure that people are held accountable for these feelings. Maybe they lose access to me. Maybe they no longer have the right to be a part of my life, but you have to really, really be conscious of your feelings. 
That's him. Latrice says, that snack was better than my mama's collars and cornbread. Now, you know you didn't say something with that. Well, guys, we're back. Season three of the Woman Evolve podcast is in the building. And from here, it only goes up. Send me your stories. Send me your DMs. Let me know who we rescuing, who are we celebrating, and how can we evolve together as a unit? You know it ain't over until God has the final say. So Jesus, man, we want to be just like you. We want to forgive like you. We want to love like you. We want to be powerful and anointed like you. We want to be confident and humble. We want to be just like you. And so, God, I am praying that you would help us find the bridge to the Jesus that exists within us. That means that we may have to uproot bitterness. That means we may have to actually express our feelings. That means we may have to love the past, the scars, and the journey that led us to who we are. Whatever it takes, though, God, I ask that you would bring us into environments and into circles that bring out the you in us. And that as a result of that, that we would be comforted into transformation, that we would be convicted into transformation. No shame, no blame, no pain, no regret, no resentfulness, just us looking forward with with expectation that we haven't seen our best days yet, that we haven't uncovered the gifts that you have placed inside of us yet, and that we wake up each day surprised and just amazed at who we are becoming as a result of us surrendering to who we are now. God bless my friends and everyone listening. May they go throughout this week full of power and courage and humility, being reminded that you are not a man that you shall lie and that you are going to complete everything that you have started. So it's a good thing our story isn't finished and that we're wondering how it will end because that means we get to give the pen back to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 